Um, so we got two more things that uh, we're going to real quickly cover. Um, another one is somewhat good news. Uh, Stadia, something that we covered before, has now is starting to expand itself basically to it seems like a whole bunch of uh, Samsung products. I guess uh, start on the 20th, which was uh, yesterday. They uh, they expanded their uh, application to work on phones that are not the Pixel, or rather the new Pixel. So I think it's like uh, 20 new devices or so. So um, yeah, I think that's a positive one. We'll go in more with Samsung because they also partner with Microsoft, you know, for uh, cloud. So we'll go a little bit deeper that later on. But what were your thoughts on on Stadia? I know you're laughing. Go ahead, man. Go ahead. Google, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> what do you mean, what, what the fuck are you, are you doing? They did something good. They put they put Stadia on Galaxy phones, why 20 phones. It, why is it not on every phone that has Android? This is your fucking operating system. <laughs> <laughs> why, is, why is fucking xCloud on more Android systems than Stadia? <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't no. know. What are you doing? I don't know. I don't know. Welcome, 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 everybody. Back to Shoot the Shit episode. Wow, episode 11. Man, I can't believe it's episode 11. And as always... I have my partner in crime, Mr. Two Beers. What's up, sir? Nada, nada. How you good people doing tonight? Uh, I hope they're doing well, sir. I hope they're doing well. I don't know. There was a weird <laughs> post that came out before the show. Huh. I, I don't know. It was like a, a, elaborating something about like last episode or something. I, I don't know what that is, but according to my clock, we still got a few more episodes to go. I don't know this thing about this uh, last episode <laughs> stuff, but hey, who knows? Maybe it is the last episode. Hey, maybe you might want to jump in. Who knows? I'll just leave it up for you guys. It's, it's just funny. They always say you never miss something until it's gone, right? I know, right? Yeah, that's, that seems that seems to be the thing. But uh, I guess it's about that time. We have no guests tonight. No guests. Oh, my gosh. Are you breathing into the mic, sir? Are you okay? Is that what it sounds like? That's what it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> like you're like, oh, oh, and I'm like, oh my oh, goodness. We need some adjustments here. <laughs> Jeez, dude. Am, am I doing? Uh, am I doing an interview with uh, Boston's own Marky Mark, the guy who's always out of breath? Maybe I don't know. You, How's that? Is that oh, much better? Yeah, it's a lot better. It's a okay. lot better. There we go. <laughs> a little robotization, but that's fine. That's fine. So so for those who are new to the show, we like to address people in the beginning. Uh, statement of shit, as we call it, instead of state of address. Um, we used to, we like to alternate. So I think, uh, Mr. Two Beers, you're up this time. So, you know, what? I'm going to stay back. I'm going to shut up and I'm going to give you the mic. Go ahead and address our wonderful wonderful audience today hey guys and girls i hope you're having a good night tonight um today's monologue is going to be short but sweet and what i'm basically talking about is like putting yourself fully into something if you if you're getting hurt 
by expecting something in return. Like we've all done it, um, no matter whether it's, it's family, friends, your job. Like, uh, like for example, let's take you worked at a, a company for over 20-something years. You've been loyal. You never took over job offers. You, uh, you're one of those people. You're a real go-getter. Whether it's raining, snowing outside, you're there um, first thing in the morning with a smile on your face, ready to give your 100% in your all. But as soon as layoffs come around, none of that loyalty matters, and they and they uh they you're one of the first persons to go. Or let's say you're one of those um family members who everybody can always rely on, or a friend who always can rely on. I don't care if it's uh I need help with the mortgage, my electric bill is about to go out, I need help with my car payment, I don't want to lose this. Me and my family are starving, and like you're you're always come out of pocket like. Uh, as long as you have it, other people have it, basically. Like, and even if you don't have it, sometimes you'll go out of your way to scrounge to actually get it to help other people in need. But you may come to find out that those same exact people, when it's time to come back around, that they do not have the same, they don't have the same process. Some of them are actually even might actually even be mean about it once you actually say that you're actually need help or you're in need of help and uh, it's one of those things where a lot of us go through in the in life uh, like being disappointed by others uh i was always taught to if you're going to give somebody something or you're going to do something for somebody like do it because you want to do it and don't do it because you're expecting something in return not that it makes it any easier especially if you're constantly helping a person and you're not getting the, uh, not even a fourth of the same back. But I guess um, what my rambling is coming to full circle is do not expect you and other people. Remember, everybody thinks differently. Uh, everybody grew up differently. Everybody uh, looks at things a different way. So, like, uh, there are people out there who will happily, uh, who, will, um, who will rely on you for help, uh, who, who, whether it's uh, monetary, whether it's um, an ear to cry on, to vent about all the problems that's going on their, in their lives, but they, but they will not see it the same way if you, if you, need, the, if you need that same type of help from them. It's, it sucks, but it's just the way the world is. So that's one of the things, if you look at it from that point of view, not that you're not going to still get angry because you're human, after all, but if you look at it with that point of view, you can always look at it as, uh, hey, <clears throat> I shouldn't expect myself and other people. And that is uh, my tonight's monologue. Thank you for listening. Awesome, man. And we're not humans. We're all simulations in a computer program. Yeah. But... (laughs) Can I learn how to hack that shit? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. So uh, before we get started, uh, one change that we usually do is um, for those who are maybe might not been to our show in a while we do a quick update section right so we go over some quick news we don't spend too much time and if two beers goes in this rambling i usually try to cut them <laughs> off on it uh for some of these topics but it's funny that you do you do your monologue that your monologue was about that because believe it or not i had a discussion with my mother today on the phone about that same topic <laughs> because well you know you know my mom she's you know mm-hmm. she's 
she's caring and she, no matter what you know if if she had five bucks in her hand and she was going to eat and you're poor she would give you that five bucks that's the kind of person she is yep, so yeah yes yeah, <laughs> thank you so it was it was interesting we we had a similar conversation about the same thing she just said about trying to see yourself and and others doing basically what you do but not seeing it <laughs> it's funny that you brought that up that's that's pretty funny but uh let's let's, let's go to the uh, first topic and this is in our quick uh, update topics Eli Roth uh, horror gore extraordinaire evidently is making a Borderlands movie and I didn't even know they were making a Borderlands movie um, which is kind of weird okay but um, your film is on it real quick <laughs> um, I was also surprised by the news that a Borderlands movie was coming out mm-hmm. and um, I hear Eli Roth is real good, but I I've only seen his uh his his torture porn and gore movies, so I'm <laughs> not really a, a fan. Um, but okay. I but people tell me he's a great director, so I'm gonna go in it with um an open mind and uh, hope to to see like a, a great representation of Borderlands. I mean, video game movies they're so far doing pretty well, like so, like uh he might he might carry that momentum train moving forward and uh. And keep that roller coaster going up. So we'll see what he we'll see what he puts in theaters. Yeah, yeah. Then more on the video game movies later in his show. But yeah, I mean, yeah, as a director, you know, he had he had some good movies, some bad movies, you know. He had Cabin Fear Fever, which uh <laughs> introduced <laughs> Pancakes that introduced us to Thor, because Thor was in that movie. Um Helmsworth uh was in it. <laughs> Uh, he had Hostel, which I've never seen before. I hear that they're good. You know, he he played the I hate to say this term, but the Bear Jew in Glorious Bastards. Great character. Wow. I hate the name. <laughs> I hate the name. Um, Hemlock Grove. He did the first episode, which was um, I enjoyed Hem- Hemlock Grove. I never finished it. It kind of fell off after like the second season for me. And then uh, the Green, you know, Green Inferno, right? That was mm-hmm. like that was a lot of his stuff, and that was really weird. Eh, like what he was able to accomplish with the Green Inferno, I you know I give him his props on. And then after that, he like kind of went off. He stopped doing like horror movies, unless you consider Death Wish in itself a horror movie by his production. But you know, I, I don't think it did well. You know, I like the old I school Death Wish. Death Wish. Yeah, yeah, Bruce Willis. Yeah. He did that, and then he did the uh, the house with. Uh, clock in its walls. That was the one with Jack Black, and um, I can never remember her name. The woman who played Hela in Thor, Kate Blanchett. Yes, Kate oh, Blanchett man. was in it. A- a- awesome actress. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was based off of a book, probably. But it looked it looked fun. I mean, it got lukewarm reviews, but uh, it looked like it was like one of those fun movies. It, f- it felt like Goosebumps, you know? Another similar yeah. Jack Black movie. So, I mean, it seems like right now he's starting to kind of move away from that horror. So, I think uh, Borderlands is another notch, hopefully, in his belt where he could take it and, you know, move it to something. So, I'm, I'm happy for it. Is he my first choice? No. But, you know, I'll take it. So, uh, yesterday... Well, not my... <laughs> my God. Why, why did I say yesterday? So, not yesterday, but um, last week, Valentine's Day, when we had the lovely wives on, we did take a look, and I'll swap over real quick, 
we looked at the preview for Batman. And uh, as of right now, as we can see, some shots are coming out of Batman. Uh, it's in production now. So here we can see Batman on the on the cycle with his armor, clear view of the armor, up close picture of uh, Batman. I can't even believe that's. Um, oh my gosh, I can't even think of the guy's name. Eh. It's not a. Uh, it's not Robert Pattinson. Yes, yeah, that stunt double. Yeah, because yeah, like the okay. chin is kind of different. That's why I told uh, my wife Zesco uh, before when she was like, she's like, is that Robert? I'm like, no, nah, I think that's the stunt double because I look at the chin. Right, the chin is off. But as it's you funny can see, how the stunt double looks like Affleck. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's kind of funny. And yeah, we'll get more on Affleck too uh, later in the show. But yeah, you can see like you get to, you get to see more of the costume, right? Like, it looks like pens. I guess these are arrows, but they look like pens. <laughs> In the suit, you know. And and then we get a picture of the bike showing that it's uh, very similar to um, uh, a comic book. I guess that's the one where... Was that the comic where um, Gordon was uh, Batman for a while? Kind of looks like it, but I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, like the artwork reminds me of it. Yeah. It does so, look like Capello's artwork right there. Oh, no, yeah. that's Tony... It says, it says Tony Moore. Tony Moore. Tony Moore. Okay. Yeah, and then we did get a picture of uh, Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman. It's not worth looking at. It's just her in a biker outfit, so she's got leather, like like Ghost Rider without the chains, right? The normal like a leather vest and the biker helmet. So, so not bad. So, what's your thoughts right now on a, a closer look at the Batman suit? I think they're go- they're really going with. Um he's either year one or year two into being Batman. So he's mm-hmm. still figuring things out. Uh, so that's why the, um, the armor looks cobbled together and it's not like a, a super finished piece. A lot of people are like making jokes and laughing at it, but I'm all for this. I, I think it looks pretty cool. Uh, the, the um, arrow things on the arm look pretty weird, but yep. outside of that, I, um, I do like how it's like uh, you can, it really looks like he's trying to figure everything out. Yeah, and I kind of agree with you on that point. It does look like um, the idea was that it was supposed to be a very early adaption of uh, earlier, an adaption of the earlier years of Batman, right? So it's not like every time we get Batman, a lot of times we we go through the whole. My parents got shot through the alley. I do some kind of training, and then it's like years later, and we don't know how many years later, but he, you know, he's at the pool, you know, being basically Batman. So um, it's just going to be interesting if they kind of do that year one. I never read the year one comics, um, but I remember seeing one of the animated films for it. And it, it seemed pretty interesting. It seemed uh, like a cool concept. And I think it'll be fun to see a detective version of Batman rather than a guy who just runs around and, you know, punches people. Shit and, out of people. Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> that's going to be a... That's that's the one thing I'm worried about, though. Why is it's that? like... Uh... Oh no! It's like people have very short attention spans. Okay. And like, and like older, um, older audience goers like us, uh, we'll, we're actually we're actually all here for the mystery. We're here for uh, a good detective movie with uh, some action sprinkled in. But I'm afraid that like a a younger audience, uh, they may get bored with it. So I'm, I am kind of scared of that. Yeah, that's uh, that's even, fair. Go ahead. Okay, so. Yeah, like even if the dialogue and stuff is on point, like uh, you know, I'm just afraid other people might check out and just and you might just start seeing uh, social media flooded with like, oh my god, it's so boring, like and stuff like that. So I'm I'm hoping that's not the case, but we'll see. 
well, I agree I with you. Say, I hope it's a damn good movie first. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they said that you're supposed to have some issues, so I think this is going to be one that really delves into uh, the psychological issues of basically being Batman, something mm-hmm. else that a lot of movies never really looked into. I mean, the guy's pretty nuts, right? So, uh, but they never, you know, they never showed it from that perspective. So this will this will be pretty I can't interesting. Wait to see that, yeah. So the next thing, I'm the character. Yeah, yeah. The next thing we're going to go over quickly. I, I, I really didn't. I think this has been talked about, but I still want to get your opinion on it. And I, I really do not like this this person. But um, yeah, Wendy Williams made a comment on the show. Uh, basically, yeah, unfortunately. So, yeah, so um, Drew Carey's ex-fiance, basically, um, a Harwick got killed by her ex-boyfriend, where she was uh, pushed off. Amy Harwick was pushed off by her ex-boyfriend off of a, a balcony. I think it was like three-story building. She fell, and, of course, she died from the injuries. Uh, Wendy Williams is talking about it. And because most people don't know... Uh, Amy Harwick, she kind of leads it in with with talking about Drew Carey, and she's like, oh, no, 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 there's a point, no, no. He didn't kill her, it was her ex-boyfriend, it was somebody else. But when she kind of talked about the falling, she made the joke of, come on down, because, you know, Price is Right, which yeah. Drew Carey was on, and then she, like, cocked her neck like, like, like somebody hit the ground. It was really distasteful. Her crowd definitely didn't seem to like it, and then also, nope. um, also, it seems like some of her uh, fan base is kind of taking a uh, break from her because this is like the third thing <laughs> that she's done that people are pissed about from like making fun of Joaquin Phoenix and then telling uh, people of the LGB, LBG, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not even going to do it. I apologize. I'm not even going to butcher your names, <laughs> your, your names, but of, of that group to basically for the men, the queer men to stop buying like dresses and their shoes. It's like, it's just stupid stuff she's saying. I, I don't get it, man. But what, what's your comments on, on this Wendy Williams thing? Uh, I'm not surprised. She's always been, um, like, um, she's nowhere near as wor- near as bad as she used to be on her radio show. But, uh, like, this is, this is just a sprinkling of, uh, of, uh, her true form of what she normally is like. So I, I don't know if her ratings mm-hmm. are low and she's just trying to gather ratings via, um, via pissing people off and like uh just doing a little bit of um uh outrage marketing there but there's no way that she thought that was a good joke there's no way she thought that was a good idea so yeah. like uh yeah i'm i i never i i've never been a fan just like uh ever there's other shock jocks out there like uh star star from star and buck wild like I, i've never been a fan of this sort of stuff like i yeah um uh, till this day i will never um uh, forgive that that Aaliyah joke that he played on Eric. I was like, that's so fucking tasteless. The girl just died. Yeah. So I um yeah, I I never thought this type of shit was funny. Okay, cool. And it's LGP LGBTQ plus. I'm sorry. That was the community. <laughs> I apologize. I agree with you. I don't I don't get it. I mean, from somebody who's definitely living in a glass a shattered glass house from her ex-husband to her consistent drug addiction like why 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 even make joke of people who just died you know i I don't get it i don't get it you know somebody just passed away their family's grieving 
why even you know make those jokes but um yeah 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 you're right about that um so we got two more things that uh we're going to real quickly cover um another one is somewhat good news uh stadia something that we covered before has now is starting to expand itself basically to it seems like a whole bunch of uh samsung products i guess uh start on the 20th which was uh yesterday they uh they expanded their uh, application to work on phones that are not the pixel or rather the new pixel <laughs> so i think it's like uh, 20 new devices or so so um yeah i think that's a positive one we'll go in more with samsung because they also partner with microsoft you know for uh cloud so we'll go a little bit deeper of that later on but what were your thoughts on, on stadia i know you're laughing go ahead man go ahead google what the fuck are you doing <laughs> what do you mean what Where the fuck are you, are you doing? doing they did something good they put they put Stadia on Galaxy phones, why 20 it, phones. Why is it not on every phone that has Android? This is your fucking operating system. <laughs> <laughs> why, is, why is fucking xCloud on more Android systems than Stadia? <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't no. know. What are you doing? I don't know. I don't know. You know, I I, I, I tried to do good, but I got to say one other thing. I'm sorry, because it's like no matter what they do good, they always step backwards. And this is I know this is an update, but I got to get your thought on it. So we're coming up to basically the three month anniversary of Stadia. So that means a lot of people who signed up for that big package in the beginning are now going to have to pay $9.99, the subscription fee. To keep Stadia within that subscription fee, they're forcing people to p- to pay that nine ninety nine to keep uh, Destiny uh, two. So you can't <laughs> play Destiny two, a free game, without playing nine ninety nine a month. Your thoughts, two beers? It's like I a step to, forward, ten steps back. But continue. I, I used to think that they were going to get it together within two years. I don't know anymore. Like. <laughs> Talk. <laughs> they haven't even announced the free version yet and on top of that they're doing this <laughs> it's like every time they turn around it's like they're smacking people with perfectly good common sense in the face like, holy shit I don't get it Destiny <laughs> 2 is a free game on every platform except for Stadia in which it requires a 999 service and and i guess you could say hey it's because they're keeping up servers but really yeah you guys have not offered any you have not come through on anything that you promised it it's like you haven't know you haven't even announced like uh you're already behind on schedule the 999 was actually supposed to start in january um and the the free uh the stadia free program was supposed to start in uh, february so it's like um it's like don't even charge these guys they they went ahead and spent money to actually try your service out like for right now like cut the whole 999 thing like uh don't even say the system's launch yet give something to all those people who already put money into your system like say that's in beta or it's back into to uh early um early access like this is not this is not the way you go <laughs> and this is not the way. <laughs> Keep in mind, according to Mr. Spencer, that's their true competition. Agre- uh, uh, 
I'm not even gonna make. I'm not even going to continue the joke. All right, let's move away from Stadia. My God, dude, there's such a fucking Charlie Fox trot, man. <laughs> they gonna come in E3. <laughs> They're gonna be like, we got Destiny, and we got, we got Division Two, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it. And guess what? You can now play Golden Eye on Stadia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. oh my goodness alright so two more topics and then we'll switch to the real ones uh, Michaela Spielberg Steven Spielberg's daughter is coming out and stating that she's going to do porn and everybody's like oh god oh god but keep in mind um, the porn that she's doing it's like solo porn so I guess it's like her posing probably nude in front of the camera it's not like full adulterated you know hardcore you know orgy yeah, like, style uh, yeah most instagram model type things these days yeah only pretty much yeah pretty much and um and she's doing that because of um basically she won't sleep with anybody out of respect to her fiance uh chuck 47 year old guy hey you know but uh, she had a lot of issues, I guess, with her body back in the day. And when I say issues with her body, I'm talking about, like, the way she perceived herself, right? She's, you know, she's a pretty beautiful woman, you know? I And, you know, some people, you know, they have self-conscious issues. So, you know, she had issues with, like, drinking and others contemplating suicide and all kinds of, you know, issues. And in this case right now, she's looking at it as a way of, I guess, expressing herself not only for others, but to make herself feel a little bit more confident for it. Her parents seem to be, you know, give her the thumbs up. She is adopted uh, by Steven Spielberg and uh, his wife, uh, Kate uh, Capshaw. So what's your thoughts on uh, Michaela Spielberg doing porn? Um, I'm, um, I just think it's interesting. Like, uh, mm-hmm. if it's going to give her the, uh, the self-esteem and confidence, and if it's, she says it's something that she's wanted to do because she doesn't need the money. And I'm, I'm like, go for it. It's just a shame that we still live in a society that this sort of thing is uh, completely shamed upon. And, like, um, even with all her fans, it's just you're going to have a ton of people who can't wait to try to drag her through the mud and make uh, harsh comments about her looks and call her all sorts of things because she decided to do this. Like, uh, yep. it would be great if one, it'd be great if one day if people who decide to do sex work could do sex work without, uh, acting like it's much um, worse than killing people, but probably won't happen in our lifetime. So probably I, not. Uh, wish her the best of luck. I hope she gets uh, whatever she's doing to whatever she's doing this for. I hope she gets out. Uh, she gets it out of it. And I hope she doesn't like walk away with. Um, I hope she doesn't walk away worse coming out than she did going in. I gotcha. Uh, yeah. I mean, um, it's cool. I mean, I, I agree with you. I think um, the way we were raised is very weird when it comes to sexuality. And what I noticed with a lot of other countries, they don't make it as taboo as they do in the United States. Like yeah. you're like you're 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 quicker to put a gun in a six year old's hand and have him shoot the animal, you know, with violence and all this other stuff over, you know, seeing a naked lady. And as we did, you know, I think it was like two weeks ago when we had the preacher there who was going crazy over Shakira 
and J-Lo dancing. I want to serve the NFL for crotch shots and bringing that into my household. And I'm like, come on, dude. You, you're, you're watching dudes pound each other, you know, and kill each other. But, you know, some some people dancing that an erotic form is, is, is making you think that you're going to hell. It's like, come on, man. You know? What about my son? Yeah, exactly. And... And once again, oh, there, you know, there's also the double standard and not white knighting folks, but there is a double standard for women, right? Like guys could do certain things. Women can't, you know, where for a guy sleeping around is more of a, yeah, man, not trying to belt for women. It's like, oh man, you're a whore. You know, it's a lot of stuff, yeah. right? So, um, and people, I remember I had a discussion with a person like, I don't understand how, how uh, stripping and swing on a stripping pole is empowering for women. I mean, if they say it's empowering to them, it's empowering to them. You know, you. I mean, yeah. you're not a woman. You don't. You don't understand the different place exactly. issues that they have. Like it's not you. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like you as a Caucasian can never know what it feels like for me as an African American, and I as African American cannot understand what it feels like for you know Sammy who's Asian. You know, for all this yeah. shit he goes. I I can't I can't understand the plight of a Caucasian white guy. You know, I don't I don't know your plight. I can only see what you know what ha- what affects my community and people who look like me i don't know the plight of a woman or other people outside of me you know it's just the way it is you know simply people with um, whatever people eat don't make you shit yep 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 like that's <laughs> like come like come on but uh next week maybe next week i would like to delve into um a discussion with you talking about this whole um taboos of america Let's 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 look let's oh, look into that. Yeah, let's look into that maybe next week. <laughs> and let's do it. yeah, and the last thing, this is actually one that you shared with me. Uh, Sony is backing out of PAX East, which I believe is next week, mm-hmm. uh, due to threat of the coronavirus. They're gonna they're gonna skip. Uh, they're they're gonna skip. Not only are they skipping PAX East. But they're also skipping the Game Developers Conference, so GDC. GDC, yep. Yep. And they also, surprisingly, uh, so far they are not confirmed for the Tokyo Game Show. Yep. So we got another thing we're going to discuss more on Sony a little bit later. But your thoughts on this? I don't think that they, I don't think this is part of the ever, like, pullouts. I just, I actually do think that they were actually just concerned because of the, um, how the virus is going right there like uh, another update square enix they actually pulled out as well hmm. uh so I, I do think that uh they are just uh worried about any of their employees or anybody catching the virus the all the other pullouts i do think are weird but i do th- i uh i do um think that this one was generally because they did not want to uh get anybody sick well, Khan's going to put on his conspiracy hat and he's going to go <laughs> into Khan's conspiracy corner. And I'm going to tell you what I think it is. I think they have nothing for the PS5 yet and they don't want to go out and be approached by it. So they're hiding. It might be. I think they don't have they don't know what they don't want to release specs. They don't want to release price. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't delay the PlayStation 5 until next year. I'm almost willing to, I'm almost willing to think and believe that right now, and this is a prediction, that Sony is going to allow Microsoft to have the first year, and they're going to take off a year, 
So one, they can work on the price, and two, they can make any easy improvements they can before shipping out the other one to be the most powerful system out there. Wow, that that's a good prediction. That would that's, be crazy if they did that, but yeah, because it's like a yeah. Oh, what? I was no. figuring the whole time that we haven't heard anything because they just they've just been waiting for E three so they can finally drop uh as soon as they they could just tailor their uh system to be a counterpunch based off whatever uh Phil announces uh during the E three briefing. But that that actually that's that's a super counterpunch right there. Like yep. the next year, the parts are cheaper and then it's like you have a whole new year on on um so it's like uh when's E three? June? Yep. So like that gives you a that gives you more than six months. Like okay, we know we actually know all their specs now. We can actually tailor it to make it more powerful. Yeah, that's that would be crazy, but it it actually sounds uh, feasible. I think that's that's my prediction, and you heard it first here on Shoot the Shit and the No Network. And I'm <laughs> gonna own that. I'm gonna own that because when it comes out, I'm gonna come out and know on Twitter. Nobody's gonna be like what. And I'm like to everybody. I told you. Here's the clip. Go back and see it. I said it back in February. Yep. You need to start watching this show. We make these kind of predictions all the time. (laughs) (laughs) We really don't. (laughs) No, we don't. All right. So so with that said, with that said, let's go into our our first topic. And actually, these two topics kind of mix in with one another. So it goes back into the coronavirus. Mm. Did, did you hear that Warner Brothers was blaming the coronavirus on the failure, box office failure of Birds of Prey? I didn't hear Warner Brothers say it, but I heard some analysts actually uh, say it. But Warner Brothers said it, that's um, <laughs> pretty interesting to hear to hear them say it. But, uh, but there are other analysts out there who were basically saying that um, because China is such a big market for uh, for movies, especially uh, comic book movies, that they weren't allowed to get the uh, that uh, right now. Uh, China's pretty much uh, there's not much movement in China basically right now. So it's like uh, a lot of people who probably would have went to to the movie theater to see Birds of Prey actually didn't go to see it there. So I like, I can I, I can buy that. Well, according to an article by DailyMailCO.UK, as they stated, it said Warner Brothers has said the coronavirus impacted box office takings in Asia. And Birds of Prey doesn't have the Chinese release schedule, and the Suicide Squad may never open there. <laughs> wow. Yep. Mm. Interesting. Yep. Hmm. Yep, they all they said cinemas in China, the world's second largest movie market after the United States, have shut down amid the coronavirus outbreak. Oh, there we have it. Or Birds of Prey. So 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 Birds of Prey. Let's 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 dig let's dig a little bit um let's dig a little bit deeper into Birds of Prey because that's the next discussion that we want to go to, and it's kind of two parter, right? So Birds of Prey total and it's been out what i think three weeks it came out february 7th so yeah three weeks now and it has a global cost as of right now imdb so that's gonna probably be as of maybe like uh thursday so it's as of thursday um box office mojo has it at 153 million dollars 
$153 million. And that's worldwide. So then we have Sonic the Hedgehog. And Sonic the Hedgehog has been out a total of, this is going to be a second week, and it has $130 million worldwide. Where Birds of Prey brought in 990000 Sonic brought in uh, $2.5 million on Thursday. Hmm. So almost three times uh, Birds of Prey. So what I want to get to is this, right? So we have two movies. One is critically received well from both critics and audience, and is doing bad. And then you have Sonic the Hedgehog, which isn't as well-received critics, but it's being well-received from audience, and is doing a lot better, right? So if you're WB, right, what do you do when you make a movie that, on paper, looks like it should make you money, but it flops, so you're headed to WB. What do you do about Birds of Prey? Has this ever happened before? Has anybody ever actually released a PG for, a PG thirteen version of a uh, of a rated R movie? Yes, Deadpool did it about a few years ago. Okay, so like I would do that. I would re-release a PG thirteen version of uh, of the uh, Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. I would keep the rated R version out there, but I would release a PG thirteen version. So uh, people can take their kids to go see it, and kids can actually go see it without parents. Okay, you were really low there, but I got what <clears> you were saying. Um, so you're so you're saying invest more money because now you got to do more edits, and now you want to create a PG thirteen version of a movie. Yeah, because let's let's be real. Like, uh, if your whole goal is to try to save it, whether you're going to do it through marketing, uh, whether you're going to to do some sort of uh, grassroots campaign, like whatever you're going to do, it's it's going to cost you more money anyway. So you might as well basically maximize. Uh, you basically might as well maximize out and just make sure you're going to. You might as well maximize out your chances for actually getting more revenue, unless you're going to, unless you're just going to do one of those, um, like old school times, letting the movie sit in the theaters for like almost over a year. Or you're going to kill it real fast and like uh, put it on a streaming service or something like that. Other than that, I I'm not sure what else I would do. Yeah, I think they're going to try to recruit it from uh, streaming. The budget for it is about 85 million, but um, that doesn't include marketing and all the reshoots they had to do. So you're probably looking probably just over a hundred million, maybe about 120. You figure marketing is going to probably be about 20 to 30 million and then another 40 million maybe for that so maybe you might be even upwards of 150 million but i'm just throwing those numbers out who knows i don't have the numbers for it but uh yeah they're 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 definitely not making a um a profit off of that i apologize the 85 million dollars reading was sonic i'm sorry uh yeah birds of, no it's the same person praise 84 million so it's kind of interesting how Birds of Prey and Sonic are pretty much equal in terms of budget and so forth, but Sonic is is making more money. And it, and it kind of goes back to what you said before a few weeks ago about the differences between a rated R movie and a, a PG or PG-13 movie that allows um, kids to go see how much of a difference in box office it makes. So let's real quickly just shift to Sonic. So... Sonic is making a lot of success. It's having a lot of success. The movie, I don't believe, 
had any reshoots or anything really to change it. I think the most of it, the biggest change to Sonic was, of course, the actual character, which they went with a first with a more realistic, quote-unquote, scarier uh, version of Sonic. And after people's uproar after the first trailer, they pushed the movie back about six months. They re- re- redid the animation, the models, all that stuff. And they basically re-put them back in there. A cuter, uh, fun, more version of Sonic that seems more akin to the video game. And from that, now you can see they're they're basically raking in the benefits, you know, from that change. So do you think that studios should listen more to fans' opinions um, when they do uh, movies and they put out their first trailer? It depends. Um, there's nothing wrong with taking critique, especially if the critique is uh, is good. Like, um, so, like, uh, like in this instance, like, like, uh, the, the, the overall model just looked, ho- like, uh, looked horrifying. It, it actually was on that uncanny valley level. So I think this was a good critique, uh, not looking, not talking about the, the, the people who are just outright mean and handing out death threats and dumb shit like that. But, like, uh, the people who actually critiqued the movie and was basically, and people were, like, giving their, their, uh, fault process and other 3D artists on how they could improve it. I think that was good critique, and I think it paid off for them, except for uh, the unfortunate uh, loss of the animation studio that went under from having to redo all, all the animation, especially since the studio that brought a lot of good things from what I hear. But um, Wait, 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 wait. What's this about the animation studio going under? Yeah, the animation studio, they had to redo uh, all of Sonic's designs. They, they had to close down after that. Why would they have to close down? Did they have to do it for free? That's what I'm assuming. It might have been in their contract that they had to do uh, that they would have to do um, revisions or like uh, yeah, I guess revisions is just a good word to use. So that's the only thing I can think of. Wow, that's pretty messed up, man. Yeah, especially especially since that decision probably came from the top to go with a more realistic. Because from what I understood, the guy who made the original who was originally did the artist before they sent it off who designed it wanted the uh more you know f- one that we have he took it to um the studio the studio was like nah paramount's like nah we we want a more realistic version of them he redid the realistic version of it they showed the trailer everybody hated it and then they're like okay well let's go back to your original design at least that, that was sounds, my understanding that sounds right all right so let's see uh, let's see. Sonic movie redesign. VX VXF studio shuts down after extreme hours to wrap up. The moving picture company MPC has closed its Vancouver Canada studio. MPC Vancouver. Uh, not only that, they were known for doing the visual effects on. Uh, bear with me, people. I'm just uh looking this up real quick. All right. I know they did a lot of uh. Yeah. Well, you could go ahead and look that up real quick while I um. I have myself haven't seen Sonic, but um, I mean, it looks cute. It looks like it's a very fun movie. I just don't understand how you could have somebody as animated as Jim Carrey in that movie, and the movie be so like it seems like it's so freaking silly, especially from his character, and then you could have an ultra realistic character in the form of Sonic. It just doesn't seem that it plays off. I think having a fun, whimsical character that you have now kind of plays off on the. Uh, basically the role that Jim Carrey's bringing, which is like 90s Jim Carrey classic. Oh, let me tell you something. 
you know, Jim Carrey, <laughs> you know. A lot of people had fun with that. Okay, yeah. so um, besides doing special effects on uh, um, Zack Snyder's Watchmen, they okay. also um, they also had work uh, included in Skyscraper, Alpha, okay. Fantastic, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Okay. Uh, they also uh, they also um, did work for Alien Covenant, Blade Runner 2049, Ghost in the Shell, The Greatest Showman, The Revenant, and The Martian, and they also got an Academy Award for their work on X-Men Days of the Future Past. That's quite a nice resume to have, and that's a shame that they got taken out by doing this. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And, and now, imagine, and I know this movie won't make a billion dollars, but I'm just saying, imagine that this movie makes, like, let's say $700, $800 million. Do they get anything, any pieces of it at probably all? Probably not. Yeah, because it's all going to go back to studio actors and probably Sega. Yep. And the thing wow. that really sucks is... I completely, I completely think what you just said actually happened with the whole uh, that guy actually originally handing them a design that actually looked like Sonic, and he did the whole um, we want a more realistic approach. Oi, oi, it's right. That fucking, that fucking sucks, man. Yeah, it does. It really does, man. Wow. All right, so whew, let's get off of uh, let's get off this and let's let's talk a little bit of uh, of Sony, right? So, a few things have come out with Sony, and uh, one of the things is that it seems like Sony is trying to spin off its own Spider-Verse into, um, into uh, the MCU. Now, I don't know if you've seen it, but evidently, supposedly, there's this huge spoiler that came out, um, that basically came out... Uh, under BGR supposedly for um, it's supposed to have Morbius plot things so I'm going to skim over a couple of things but for those listening who don't want to know possible spoilers you may want to fast forward right so one that I don't know is it seems right but it kind of doesn't so we know we saw the trailer right so for those who saw the trailer at the end, we saw Michael Keaton's character, Tombs or the Vulture, uh, come out, right? And uh, basically, he basically, somehow they're saying in there that he got a shorter sentence because of the blip. So that's why he got out of prison a lot sooner. So that's why we see that scene with him and uh, Tombs. And evidently, as I alluded, supposedly Tombs is setting up the Sinister Six. So um, he's asking, he wants Michael to join him. And supposedly Michael declines it. Then there's a whole bunch of stuff about literally the full plot of uh, of Morbius. (laughs) Literally the full (laughs) plot of Morbius. It says, to protect my identity, I can't reveal how I know any of this. But for those interested, here's the plot. And it literally goes through the whole movie. I didn't read it. For those who want to read it, it's an article on BGC. It's called Morbius Movie Spoilers. But um, aside from those those spoilers, um, there was a Instagram that's um, actually helped by uh, Flash Thompson. Now, it's, of course, the movie version of Flash Thompson. This is what we call marketing. Usually when a movie comes out, 
they'll take a character and they'll have them set up an Instagram or a Twitter and then they'll put out like tweets and fake news and information basically usually about the movies right to kind of get people to interact and you go there and you get a little bit more information about movies sometimes you'll get like little cutscenes and you know videos and stuff like that so this guy so our Flash Thompson basically sets up a daily bugle page and on this daily bugle page at the top it says the fifth victim from vampires and then another and then the other thing that's where it says cassidy is on the loose so we got two we got two spider-verse movies we got we got vampires which is morbius and you got cassidy which is um carnage but they're being ran under the Flash Thompson, which is supposed to be an MCU marketing tool. So my, my, my guess is that the way this new deal is, basically they each could reference each other to set each other up. So Marvel will get a reference, Spider-Verse movies and villains and Spider-Verse movie villains give reference probably things that happen in Marvel. But I think it's more of like the Netflix series where it's just like, hey, you remember, instead of saying, yeah, you know, the big green guy, they could actually say, you know, the Hulk or something like that. So I, th- I think mm-hmm. that's the, basically the difference. What's your thoughts on um, all this information with Sony? It looks like it's going that way. Okay. Yeah, another thing I thought was interesting was a little headline of where Spider-Man. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so I'm like, huh. And it's a lot of interesting stuff. It's like they're really, um, they're really playing around with a lot of things. Including the um, that mural, but it was actually of the uh, Raimi. It was actually yeah, the Raimi Spider-Man. Yeah. So it's like uh, if if they're playing the movies like the the Spider-Verse, you can actually have all of these characters uh, in in both um both under both Marvel and um, Sony's umbrella. But like you said, it's very interesting that the actual Flash Thompson account, the MCU one, actually is the one who was talking about it. So yeah, oh, yeah. We'll, we'll see. It's definitely getting people talking, so good marketing on their part. It, exactly, and I and shout out to uh, Emergency Awesome. I saw a video for Emergency Awesome, which was pretty interesting. They had, um, I think it was, uh, it wasn't Bob Iger. Who's under Bob Iger? I forgot. It would be Feige's boss, uh, Horn. Horn. Yeah. They had Horn, and then they had uh, basically his counterpart over at Sony Studios, and they were talking about basically their deal with Spider-Man, and they kind of alluded that after this deal is up, which is, I believe, two Spider-Man movies, one under Sony, one under Marvel, that they're going to renegotiate and do more, you know, more deals because, you know, they want to make sure that the fans are happy. And when it first came out that they that the deal fell through, they're like, it's something that shouldn't came out. You know, these things happen. It's, you know, it's a timing thing, right? You come with a deal, you say no, they say, okay, well, let's talk again, or let's let's back away, let's come back again. You know, this is normal stuff that happens in the business. It's just that now with the internet, people get wind of it, they crack it a lot earlier, <laughs> you know, before you could get the usual, oh yeah, we finally came to an agreement, you know? So it seems like, um, it seems like, at least from this uh, video, that Spider-Man is gonna probably be, Spider-Man is gonna probably have a good relationship with Marvel for some time, and I, I can see it. I can see it. You know, I mean, they're they're both making money off of it, right? 
True. They're they're both eating off of it, you know. So you might as well. You might as well. Anything you wanted to add to that about that video, uh, two beers? <laughs> those two um, those two uh, high on the food chain guys. They were so fucking awkward together. <laughs> yeah, they were. They were. Yeah, they definitely were. It kind of got ahead of us, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Being rich can't buy you social skills. <laughs> no, it definitely can't. It definitely oh, can't. Man. I was like, man, these motherfuckers is creepy. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, oh, oh my god! Man. All right, so uh, let's let's go into um, second from last uh, topic in this section. Um, ben Affleck, right? So uh, Ben Affleck is finally talking about his role as Superman, and damn. Is Batman? Yeah, this this whole this whole article with him talking about um, why he dropped out of Batman is pretty fucked up. He's like, um, so it goes and it says in an interview with the New York Times, and I'm reading it from Deadline. Uh, it's, he says that the two-time Oscar winner said that struggles with alcohol, his divorce with Jennifer Garner, and troubleshoot on Justice League prompted him to abandon the role of Bruce Wayne. He and, and Affleck says, I showed somebody the Batman script. Um, and they said, I think the script is good. I also think you'll drink yourself to death if you go through what you just went through again. Affleck said he drank relatively normal, but then things got out of hand. <laughs> He's like, I drank relatively normal for a long time. What happened was I started to drink, started drinking more and more when my marriage was falling apart. And he said, you try to make yourself feel better. Um, you know, with eating, drinking, sex or gambling and shopping, whatever, but it ends up making your life worse. So it, it, it seemed like um, there was a lot of issues with him after Justice League. Uh, basically, a lot of the issues with Justice League itself um, that he had to deal with. And then also, um, you know, dealing with the script because keep in mind at that time he was supposed to be the producer the director he was starring in it it was a lot of stuff that was happening you know with him with the new batman movie itself so what what are you what are your thoughts on um on on uh basically what he had to state the problems he had that basically caused him to step away from uh from from Batman and Warner Brothers, I think it sucked. Like, um, it was it was a uh, we 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 got one of the most interesting takes on Batman that we've had in a long while, and I don't mean like the actual overall movie or Gotham or the story, but the actual character of Batman himself. Like, for instance, uh, we can look at we can look at all the Batman movies that came before, and even though uh, the even though the Nolan movies are pretty damn good in my opinion they're still pretty damn good like uh what if if you were to bring up those movies you're you're gonna you're most likely gonna remember ratio Bull, and you're gonna remember you remember uh bale's performance as batman okay uh i think the with ben affleck and and Z- and snyder did with batman even though the uh the Batman just killing people kind of like <laughs> kind of threw me off a bit. Yeah, and I was thought of that like the the way that Snyder made him move, like how ruthless he made the fighting scenes look. Like, uh, 
and how brooding and, and intimidating he made him as Batman, it was a very interesting. So um, I'm, I am sorry that we didn't get to see more of that. And uh, but outside of that, like, damn, that's that's crazy that all these things was going on uh, at the same time. And and WB were being WB with, with doing dumb shit. It's it's it sucks. It sucks to find out all this after the fact. But at least we have a we have our closure. We we know exactly why he he left the uh, set and why he decided not to do the other movies. Yeah, yeah, and now we understand why we always got the sad Affleck. <laughs> when yeah. was, when they heard through an interview, <laughs> and he just looked so damn depressed. But yeah, man, it's oh, not darkness, my old friend. friend. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense, right? You, you yeah. and it's crazy because, like, just the look, dude, just the look alone, not even acting. Just the look alone was, like, amazing. He was amazing yeah. looking as Batman. And, yeah, both movies weren't good, you know, but it's, it's sad. You know, you're it's a character that, you know, you've, you've admired. He's talked about how much he's loved Batman. You make a script. You're happy. You're a big fan. And we don't know. A script could have been shit. I mean, honestly, we no neither one of us has read it, so we won't really know. We're going by, you know, yeah, I had a friend read and he said it was good. We don't know what the, whether the script was good or not, right? And we'll, we'll 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 get into script reading in in the next in the next topic, but <laughs> but you know, but it is WB, right? So I I can see where you know we went over this before. Basically, you got. Batman v Superman, Warner Brothers is like, hey, here you go, Snyder, redo our whole universe, redo everything, plan it out, do it all. Then all of a sudden, Batman v Superman doesn't perform the way you wanted to perform. Is it a box office flop? Yes and no. I mean, the movie made 800 and something million dollars, right? It probably didn't make the money, like, I'm sure they wanted a billion out of it, but it didn't make, you know, the money that they were expecting, but... I, I, it still made money, right? So yeah. I look at it from that way, and then and then you got then all of a sudden it's like, oh well, we don't want Snyder touching it, you know. Then you bring in Josh Whedon, you have a script, and you're adding eighty pages now to the <laughs> script. You got Josh, you got Zack Snyder's movie, which is like two to three hours long, and you're you're cutting it now down to like a, a seventy you know down to like a yeah, two hour movie hour and, and it's three a three movie down to like you know two hours if that you know so it's and, and you get the justice league which is mm-hmm. like you just like i see i see where you're going i see some parts that work a lot of it that doesn't man this movie is like okay it's a movie but you kind of hey. fucked it up even more so i understand why where he was upset you know he's trying to do a a script he's trying to do a movie he's seeing what's happening behind the scenes he's probably getting flack on his thing and he's like you know what all this fucking bullshit i i need a drink and now he's back to that again you know being an alcoholic yeah. again yeah so also like um who idea was it to to make to make batman comedic yeah that was definitely josh whedon so yeah, like um, a lot of people, it's a very unpopular opinion of mine. But I, I was one of the people who was uh, I thought that uh, him leaving the the Marvel Cinematic Universe was a good thing. So yeah, like, uh, I actually the same problems that 
Well, I can't say the same problem. Not all of them, because we don't know what part was Weeding, what part was Snyder. Yeah, exactly. So it's like I can't say. Um, even though every actor who did the uh, Justice League will will um, contend that the uh, the Snyder Snyder cut was actually good and people should actually see it. So like uh, outside of that, like um, like uh, I don't know, like I I. I um I think uh, Whedon's style of uh, storytelling, I don't think it's good for these type this uh for that type of uh, movie, especially a movie that didn't start off grounded in that type of a uh, feel. No, that makes so, sense. Yeah, that makes sense. So um, I and I agree with you, right? Uh, like I think DC itself have found their own their own style. I it really saddens me that you know Birds of Prey didn't get more traction, you know? So now it makes me start wondering what are they going to do? Are they going to now get scared and start, you know, fucking with Suicide Squad and other movies and like eh, we got to do something to make money, you know? Like does Wonder Woman now who's been sitting on the shelf for over a year does that get re-edited again uh, <laughs> it reshots it reshoots you know you know six months before the movie comes out i don't know you know <laughs> this is warner brothers this is you know they react to these things right and they're they're going to probably take a loss for birds of prey they probably are you know so i i don't know and people are like well how are they taking a loss yeah i understand it costs 85 million but that's the normal budget you're not accounting for marketing, which is usually about anywhere from 30 to uh, 50% of the normal budget. You're not really accounting for reshoots, which are usually in a budget, but this movie evidently have extensive reshoots. So it's, it's, it's a lot of stuff, you know, that uh, I don't know. I just hope that it they don't go fiddling with other stuff. I hope they just say, you know what? It's a loss. It's a loss, man. It's a loss and let's move on. I'm hoping. All right, we'll we, see. yeah, we'll see. But let's 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 talk about let's talk about scripts. Let's mm. talk about scripts. So, Mister Two Beards, you know you know one of my favorite characters in Marvel, right? If I had to ask you, who was one of my favorite characters in Marvel? It was the one comic book I always used to grow up reading as a kid. Who would you say that is? And Marvel. Ghost Rider. That's right. That's right. You know it. You know it. You know it, right? So, I won't say who's my favorite character, but you should kind of understand in DC, right? And I'll give you a hint. I have something on my hand of it. What do you think would be my favorite series in in um, in DC? Not counting Batman, of course, because Batman's amazing. Green there you go right you got it because you know i'm a sinestro fan so yes yes the green lantern and i for those who know me i run around with a green a yellow lantern ring i've been wearing it for years always will so back in 2011 i'm sure you remember you heard rumors you remember of a, a green lantern movie coming out right <laughs> yes <laughs> and and remember we kept hearing this weird this weird rumor of Jack Black of all people playing Green Lantern we're like wait 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 how do you go from Ryan Reynolds to Jack Black you, you, do you remember this I do <laughs> you do right 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 
So evidently now people have actually gotten a hold of the script and we're, we're, we're going to read some excerpts from the script, right? Oh yeah, for the Green Lantern <laughs> script, right? So um, for for those who know, this is um, so basically this is coming from CBR.com. It says eventually the project was assigned to comedy writer Robert Smiggle. And it's important to acknowledge that Smiggle's credibility in this word. Not only is he the creator of Triumph, the insult comic dog. That means something for you, folks. But he's also legendary Saturday Night Live writer and early executive producer of Late Night with Conan O'Brien, right? So he has some good, he has some bad, right? Mm-hmm. So um, he also has a distinction for creating TV Funhouse, a one-time SNL staple that only lasted a few episodes, right? So let so let's let's and uh, and for those who don't know Funhouse, they came out with like the uh, the ambiguously gay duo. If anybody remembers that back in the day, I'm sure you do. Mm -hmm. Okay, so they say in this version of Smeagol's Green Lantern script that leaked, basically it was dated uh, June 20th, 2006, and Najma, the cover story inspired by DC Comics miniseries, uh, Emerald Dawn. So it was inspired by Emerald Dawn. The opening pages presents a traditional retelling of Hal Jordan's origin. For those who don't know, Abin Sur, who is a Green Lantern, after a fight crash lands on Earth and he has a ring, he's dying, he's asking the ring basically to go seek out somebody who's worthy of the ring. We all know it's Hal Jordan. But in this case, instead of the ring going to Hal Jordan, the ring bypasses Jordan and locates an Atlanta area slacker named Judd Plato. And of course, Judd Plato is played by Jack Black. So Judd is identified by the ring as the one who does not know fear. And yeah. So um Judd Judd is not the average hero. He uh he has a menial position at a furniture store, a strained relationship with his family, an unrequited crush on his boss, Kareen, and a nerdy best friend, Seth. So um and Seth evidently was going to probably be Seth Rogen or Seth Green. So basically, he's a slacker, and his script was all humor. Like they say, there's a running joke in it that either the eighth, tenth, or fifteenth most famous hero, based on whoever encounters him. And then they're talking about where Seth is steeped in superhero lore, Golden Judd to use his newfound powers. Altruistically, Judd says he would rather use his abilities to impress Kareen, however, or maybe create some Super Mario Emerald constructs that he's very possibly using as sex toys. Hmm. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, not only does the ring somehow enhance Judd's package, but he can also transmute objects with the ring. Judge can also turn bullets into popcorn, for instance, whenever the slacker takes uh, cares enough to charge his ring. Yeah. So what you find out is that Sinestro's in it. And of course, Sinestro is behind it. The ring selected him because he wanted it to find a loser. So, yeah. It goes into more and more uh, stuff, but I, I don't I don't want to read this. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's really, it's really, really, really bad. 
and um, I kind of already know my feeling on it. I'm glad, but what are your feelings on us uh, dodging the bullet with this garbage? I'm uh, um, torn fifty. You're what? Uh, I'm torn fifty fifty. Why are you torn fifty fifty? <laughs> I'm glad it didn't come out in theaters, but it sounds so bad that one of those it could have been so bad that it's good sort of thing. Mm. And, uh, maybe it should have been like direct to uh, DC Universe streaming <laughs> or, uh, gotcha. or on HBO or something like that. Wow. Like it's it's like they went out of their way to make it sound horrible. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. Especially yeah. giving him powers that the Green Lantern Ring doesn't even do. There's a scene where he turns bullets into popcorn. I'm like, that's not how the ring works. <laughs> no, it doesn't. They, gave, it doesn't. they had no fucks to give. <laughs> Well, well, all right. So let me correct myself. So we had this horrible script, and with it, we got uh, Ryan Reynolds as Green Lantern. So, uh, <laughs> the good news is though that evidently we are supposed to get a Green Lantern show on HBO. So hopefully, you know, that's going to be a good thing. The Killer Wog was pretty dope in that Green Lantern movie. Yeah, yeah, he definitely was. And I've uh, seen how uh, HBO handled the Watchmen, at least from what I heard. Two beers will tell me they handled it pretty well. Um, yeah, I have uh, high hopes that they'll handle the Green Lantern uh, TV series on HBO just as well. Fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed, definitely. Um, yeah, let's get out of these garbage movie scripts and stuff. <laughs> and... Um, uh, do I want to go here? All right, let's go. Let's... Before we go to regular news, let's 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 skip over that. Let's go to gaming, and we'll come back to it real quick. So, um, gaming news: uh, what we were discussing before, uh, bef- when we were talking about Stadia, Google, not Google. When we were talking about Stadia, Google Stadia, but uh, Mar- Microsoft, we alluded to, has partnered now with uh, Samsung, and they're basically prepping for a. Um, a console uh, post uh, future, right? So I'm guessing the idea is that you know we'll bring Project X Cloud maybe later on. I mean, they're bringing it out. Of course, they're going to use it to bring it out for all their mobile devices and so forth. But um, do you think it's a possibility that we may start to see um, maybe in five years, maybe in two years, maybe that we might get Samsung TVs? Um, built in with the ability to play uh, Xbox, you know, right there. And you just need a subscription. Uh, what yes. do you think? Of, what do you think about this um, this partnership? And yeah, elaborate more on on that, sir. Uh, yeah, I do think that's where this deal will go at. I I think uh, them signing a deal to actually have the their XCloud uh, app come bundled in and packaged with uh, Samsung products is brilliant. And I um, and I think just them uh, future proofing uh, the brand and thinking forward, like past uh, the console era, and and um, I didn't even think of the whole until you just brought that up right now. I didn't even think of the whole of them actually showing up on Samsung smart TVs and things. And that's gonna be dope. the thing that's crazy about that though is like after we were just talking about um, Stadia striking that deal with Verizon. And we're talking about like how I was, um, I threw the idea about how smart it would be if they, if they got the, uh, 
if they made the 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 Stadia app a one of the apps and widgets on the Verizon's cable, then like you basically yeah. have uh, have it available to every uh, cable box customer who owns a who has a Verizon cable box in their home. Mm-hmm. Eh, but um, of course it's it's Google. I don't know what the fuck they're doing anymore. Uh, but like uh, <laughs> but yeah, this this. <laughs> Oh, oh man, I, I don't know, man. But uh, yeah, it, it looks like this is a um, this could be a very fruitful relationship for him. I'm pretty sure um, Sony will follow suit. I don't know if they'll just uh, I don't know if they'll if they'll put PlayStation now on if they'll strike a deal where it comes pre bundled or if they'll do the opposite and have theirs come pre bundled in iOS. But uh, I'm I'm pretty sure that they'll do the same thing. The only people who won't do it, of course, is Nintendo because they'll keep doing their own thing that they always do. Cool. And yeah, now what you're talking about, too, is going to go into our next topic. But before we go into it, um, real quick, you may want to check your internet. You're kind of digitizing and going in and out there. But, um, oh, man. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I agree. So it seems like, yeah, you know, they want to bring it to more phones. Um, I think Microsoft is smart, right? So Microsoft knows cloud is the future, and we we've we've been discussing this for a while for a while now, right? So they're they're making the right partnerships uh, right now with the right companies, and and I think like even with this, I think they're they're even working with it where a lot of their office products may start showing up or maybe built into a lot of Samsung stuff. So it's a partnership that's going to go both ways. And I think it's smart because from Microsoft's standpoint, and a lot of people see the, the thing I think people forget about Microsoft is that Microsoft is a software company first, right? So, and Microsoft is known for dun, 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 licensing, right? So that was their biggest claim to fame. And that's what we have a lot of, you know, it's always them and licensing, right? Oh yeah, we'll give you this software as a license. And, and and buy this many licenses to offer to, for this so, for the software to put on this many computers. That was their big thing. That's what got them, you know, all the money in. And setting up cloud for multiple things works both ways. You know, one for delivering, and two for also providing services. Right. So, um, I think this is a smart decision itself. But it kind of puts us into basically the second conversation, which is. Sony, right? So let's talk Sony for a moment, right? So we know the Sony PlayStation 5 hasn't came out, right? But from a Sony standpoint right now, Sony is the opposite of Microsoft where they're a hardware company, right? So they do a lot of everything they do is mainly all their claim to famous hardware. And of course, yeah, they I know they have movies and the stuff like that. But what is Sony doing in terms of the future? Like, do you believe that the PlayStation 5 may be Sony's last machine? Do you think Sony, let's say 10 years from now, so we're talking about 2030, you know, where at, at that point we don't even want to have basic carbon-based cars anymore. So all cars are electric, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they're self-driving. I mean, this is the future that they want to be at. Do you think Sony can afford to come out with a, a $300, $400 system and expect people to buy it uh, at that point, 10 years in future? I mean, do you think that the PS5 is the last Sony console? What are your thoughts on all this? I think it's a big possibility where all of uh, technology is going and it's going pretty fast. Like, uh, 
I think the factors that will determine whether or not this is uh, Sony's last uh, console generation is how much uh, is how much of a headache versus how much profit they pull in off of the PS5. If the PS5 outsells outsells or equal or equals up the sales of the uh, PS4, I think that would give them a never. And they actually make profit off of each system. I think that would give them a never. Um, reason to continue into the uh into the console um into the console market because they know they'll know that the uh the the want for it is still there but um if everything goes weird with this console generation because um as much as people don't want to admit it uh microsoft has completely flipped the game when they when uh in terms of uh console gaming so it's like uh, a lot of things, uh, a lot of the norms and stuff like that that we that we used to have uh, from one console generation to another, they're completely uh, disappearing, including with the whole taking your home game library with you uh, with you into the next generation. So there's a lot of interesting things going on. I think it really uh, depends on how much money they can make off the PS5 will uh, determine whether or not they, if they'll take a risk on doing a PS6. Okay. That's very interesting for you to say that. And I and, and I kind of wonder, and I sat back and I looked at this and I'm like, hmm, what happens? And I think it's twofold, right? So one, we have to understand that in 10 years, generations change, right? So a lot of the young kids who are growing up now with this are going into the generation where maybe cloud is more acceptable, right? Where yep. you still have us, and a couple of generations after us who are still like, eh, I'd rather have a machine. I I, I don't want latency. I don't want this, that, and the other, right? But mm-hmm. um, you got to understand, like, there's a whole generation of kids who do nothing but game on their phones, right? And to yeah. me, that's like, why the fuck are you gaming on your phone? <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? Like, <laughs> I, I understand the graphics are have improved tremendously, right? And they look like little P- PlayStation and PlayStation 3 games but but regardless I'm like it's a little phone how do you game but but these are this is the mindset right this is big mm-hmm. it's big in other countries even though I don't get it doesn't mean that it's not a multi-billion dollar comp uh, billion dollar you know business for other people to make money off of so with that mentality I have to apply that to cloud right yeah for our generation and so forth maybe clouds not that big but in 10 years maybe cloud is maybe 10%, 20% of the market, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, people who are playing cloud. And maybe right now, at that point, maybe cloud isn't like, okay, yeah, I game on there, but it might be more of like, I go to the bathroom, so I just jump on the cloud and play a game. Or I'm at the bus stop, so I just jump on the cloud and finish my game. Or I do this and I jump on the cloud you know, to play games. And that might be the future of it, at least as of right now, until, you know, another 10, 20 years until they move on to something else. So I know you're all saying, okay, console, what do you mean by that? So what's your point? My point is basically this, right? Sony is a hardware company. For their cloud services, they're going to Microsoft right now, right? They partner a deal with Microsoft to basically handle a lot of their cloud delivery uh, for their games. I don't think in Sony's mind they have the time or the money to put up a cloud infrastructure, right? Mm-hmm. I, the problem I see is this, right? If Sony if Sony wants to continue doing consoles, 
they're going to have to rethink their strategy for it, right? And I think uh, when you look at the PlayStation 6, you're probably going to start looking at something that's more like a Switch, mm-hmm. right? I, I think at that point, now you start going head-to-head against Nintendo, and a lot of these games and so forth that we normally play on PC and everything, I think the idea of it changes. Because everything is going towards mobile, right? And a lot of people want to be able to game on the go, on the go, right? And they kind of had a really cool feature back in the day when you used to have a PSP and Vita where you could kind of, like, you know, stream your games to it and take it with you and stuff like that. They don't have handhelds anymore. They got out of the handheld business. But I think when you look at their next system... I don't think it's going to be the traditional console that we know. I think they're going to then go towards something more micro, uh, excuse me, Nintendo centric, where it's something that one you could hook up to your TV and you could play, or you could take it on the go and play with you there. And it's a multi—I won't say multimedia. I'll say multi-purpose machine, right? Maybe they, maybe it's maybe it's like a, a almost the size of a phone, if not bigger. You know, and you get game on it and you just plug your phone up into like a charger unit and it goes full like 1080p 4K on the screen. Right. And maybe a lot of those games are delivered through cloud or you could digitally get them. But I think that's I think from Sony standpoint, I think they will go console still. But the idea of what we get where we have that box there and it hooks up to your TV or your monitor, I think that idea of consoles as we know it goes away in about 10 to 12 years. And that's if we get to 10 to 12 years, because I think this gym was, what, like six, seven years before yeah, they swapped over? Shortest generation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, so that's what I think. And I think Microsoft is at a point where they're like, hey, man, it don't matter. We could put out another system if you want. And I think at that point, the Xbox 6 is, is literally like a little tiny little... Um, Raspberry Pi size machine. Yeah, it's gonna look like a modem. Yeah, you just take it anywhere. You just plug it up, and all you need is internet, right? And that's all it does, right? You you be like a a Fire Stick, but it'll have the the Xbox brand on the side. Yeah, yeah. Like I think when you're home, all your games, if you want to download them digitally, they download to your PC via the Xbox app and you just stream it from your PC straight to that little box and you take it anywhere you want to go. And then when you're outside and anywhere else, instead of using your PC, it uses the cloud. And I think that's the route that uh, Microsoft's going to go probably with their next system. You know, but um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Second prediction. You heard it here first on the no. But... uh, Yeah, so um, so you and Nintendo. I think Nintendo's going to keep doing what they do, right? Nintendo, and I know, I know. Last time when we had um, uh, Jake Strifter on, he's like, "Let's talk about Nintendo." Nintendo, I understand. There's nothing really to talk about Nintendo outside. You know, they're still pulling out wonderful games. You know, they're they're. I keep I hate saying that they're the purse to the dress, but they are right. They're they're the system that no matter whether you game on PC, Xbox, cloud playstation 5 4 whatever you're most likely going to buy nintendo right because it's it's a system made for everybody you know it's just the way it is and i don't see really much of anything hurt in nintendo um i think they found their niche of having instead of doing handhelds just having a system that's a handheld in the console and they they're just going to better it you know with as technology make it a lot smaller 
make the battery life a lot longer, you know, the screen a little bit better, more responsive. And then if anything, you know, they start striking deals with Microsoft to either use the cloud or have Microsoft games on their their systems, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't see too much of a change. Like when I look at these future stuff, I think Nintendo is going to be around no matter what because, you know, they just, just the way they do gaming is so different than everybody else, right? And then also they have, they have the titles that pretty much most people grew up with, right? When you're a kid, for a lot of kids, you're not growing up with like God of War and all these other crazy things, right? A lot of times for most parents, when you're like six or five or six and you're, you're first playing video games, the first thing you're playing is usually like Mario Brothers, Mario Kart, you know, Yoshi, or, you know, it's just like you get a Game Boy and, and that's what you do, right? So, I don't know. Something about Nintendo. They, you know, they make good games that, you know, warn yeah, people's they've hearts. Been able, they've been able to live off of their um, their library of uh, uh, first-party games, like, forever. And one of the most interesting things is, I remember being in a... Oh, can you hear me, by the way? Yeah, I can hear you now. You were a little bit low, but now I can hear you. Go ahead. I was going to say, one of the most interesting things is um, looking back, like even going back to college, I was thinking that ha- there was going to have to be a time where there would be enough of an age gap where um, games like Mario and Zelda, like they would they would fall to the wind and they wouldn't be as popular with the uh, the generations that came after us. But it's it, they've shown time and time again it's timeless. Like no matter how old the person is or who's coming in next in line, they can hop on and they can play a Mario or they can play a Zelda. It just shows you the um, the genius in their game design. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's very it's um very very interesting. And like I like I will um I will uh, parakeet what you just said that Nintendo will be around as long as Nintendo wants to be around. Yeah, I agree. They they know how to adapt and make things. You know, for for a lot of you know for for everybody. You know, the I mean the Wii was the biggest thing, right? It's like everybody was down on Nintendo and I remember the sales were low and everybody's like, oh yeah, Nintendo is all about Microsoft and Sony, you know? And then they come out with the Wii and it's like, yeah, it's a remote. You can use it as fitness, keep you up. You put it in into like senior citizen homes. It's something that they could play. Grandma, grandpa could play with you. It's simple. There's not a lot of buttons. It's just very simple, right? you know bowling you want to do wee bowling yeah sure you know the motion of bowling that's all you have to do you just do the motion and it picks it up and it's it's so smart right you know they were back on top again you know just like that so yeah do they have failures of course they do of course they do you know they have plenty of failures but they usually come out with something that's so brilliant and they know what to do so i i have i have faith in um in nintendo and you know, like you said, like I said, they they'll, they should be around for a while. So um, made, um okay. uh, before you continue, people made fun of Labo, but I actually thought Labo was uh, I actually think Labo is an incredible idea. Yeah, that like, was one uh, of the failures. Good to you. Yeah, I mean they're still making stuff for it. Um, so it's like uh, you'll hear a bunch of people that are online making fun, saying Nintendo selling you cardboard. But it's like I look at it. Like um, I'm like, man, this shit is so fucking cool. Like this, is, like this is the type of shit that brings me back to the the sort of stuff that we had in our childhood. And I'm like, they're actually uh pushing the next generation of engineers. Like you're actually making all this type of crazy looking cool shit. It, yeah, it's cardboard, but 
It looks cool as fuck. If I had kids, I'd actually be all over that Labo shit. So it, it surprises me that uh, it's gotten such a... Um, people make so much fun of it when I'm like it's teaching people how to make cameras and all other sorts of stuff. Like uh, showing them basic uh, geometry and shapes and how things combine to make other things. Like it's, it's brilliant, but uh, they haven't lost uh, hope in it because they're still making new stuff, so we'll see where it goes. Yeah, yeah. All right, so let's go to this. Let's get this depressing story out of the way. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I know. <laughs> I kind of struggled with whether I wanted to talk about it, but I guess it's something that needs to be said, right? For those who may not know, right? So um, you were a kid once, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so, unless you are a computer program. But uh, anyway, but um, I know as a kid, one of the big things... Uh, for us was the uh, Boy Scouts of America, right? Yeah, Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts. It came out about maybe about a, a year or two ago that uh, unfortunately there was a lot of adult volunteers um, who were unfortunately touching boys. Um, and now it looks like the uh, Boy Scouts of America, due to all of the cases that are being thrown to them looks like they're filing for bankruptcy they're filing for bankruptcy like they say they say they already paid more than 150 million dollars in settlements and legal costs between 2017 and uh, 2019 so they're like bankruptcy is the only viable option for the boy scouts to consolidate numerous casings into one proceeding pay his victims and emerge as a sustainable entity um which is which is kind of sad to see that they're they're filing for uh, chapter 11 bankruptcy and the reason why i say it's sad is because i think even though i never got a chance to uh do boy scouts unfortunately when you grow in um a lot of inner city um uh, places in America, at least back in that time, a lot of things aren't readily available, right? So, like, we never had, you know, a peewee football and baseball or soccer. We didn't have a lot of those those things when I grew up, right? Hell, I remember we didn't even have buses. I remember having to walk to school. I didn't, in fact, I didn't get a, my first bus until um, until middle school when we moved into the suburbs. And I was like, wait, you guys walk a block down, the bus takes you? I had to walk two hours to school. <laughs> two hours to and from. It's like those old school stories when your parents were like, I had to walk in the snow barefooted because I only had one pair of shoes and they were the good shoes I had to wear on Sunday. You know, those old stories? Yeah. It's like, I had those stories. <laughs> yeah, five miles. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was a long walk, you know, we, we, we had to do it, we had school, because that's just, just the way it was, so, but like for cousins and other people, things, I know they, you know, they knew what Boy Scouts America, and the reason why I say it's still good is because the problem is, as we grow as a country, and I'm talking about America, I can't call, I can't talk for any other country, but as America, when we grow, we're becoming more digital and more dependent on technology, Right. So there, when you become more dependent on technology, I, won't, I don't want to say that people are becoming dumber, 
but um, they free, they lose a lot of of uh, skills that they may need in terms of survival, right? So there's a lot of stuff in Boy Scouts that you may never use, but it teaches you simple stuff. I mean, you know, understanding what you know plants are poisonous, what what you can survive off and eating, what you know how to make fire, um, how to hunt. It's it's just a lot of stuff that you know the basic survival skills that a person needs in case of, you know, cataclysmic issue, like maybe an EMP wipes out all electronics in the United States and, you know, you got to go out there and actually hunt for food, learn how to clean it and cook it and all that stuff. And I'm not saying that all Boy Scouts went, I don't know if they, I don't think they ever taught all that stuff to that detail, but the basic survival skills that a, a person would need they instilled in people, right? And this is the kind of stuff that I think is still needed within, you know, within at least I could say America, right? So it's kind of sad to see that, you know, you get creeps, you know, with issues who are sexually abusing these kids and taking, you know, advantage of these kids, you know, and, and, and doing this. And because of it, you know, the Boy Scouts of America is taking the brunt of it. Should they take the brunt of it? Probably so. You know, they should have, you know, followed up on it, had better um, filtering and things of that nature for it. But, you know, I've, I've talked a lot for it. Let, let me hear you. I apologize. I went on for at least about 10 minutes on it. No, 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 no. Keep going. Keep no, going. no. Uh, but no, I want to hear your, 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 your thoughts on it. Go ahead, sir. On, um, on, on everything that's happening with this and your thoughts on the, uh, Boy Scouts of uh, America. Go ahead. I honestly think that um, I completely agree with you. Like, uh, I do think there needs to be like skills that are actually taught and like passed down. Like, um, people need not, people need to know how to fix things when things malfunction. People need to know how to uh, like when the convenience is not there. They need to actually have these uh, these skills to to get things done. Like one of my things that really, really angers me is um when I was younger, I tried to after I got out of chemotherapy, I tried to um I tried to sign up for vocational because the the uh the bigger school that we had to take a bus to for vocational, they did things like uh they actually worked on mechanics, they they actually fixed on airplanes and stuff like that, and I wanted to go do that. But for some reason, my uh, my high school treated cancer as if cancer made you stupid, and they would not allow me to take vocational. So wow. that really, uh, yeah, Ugh, a lot of hangups with that school. But yeah, they. Um, so I didn't get to do that, and like I, I think uh, you're doing a disservice to um, to kids not teaching them these sort of things, and like uh, so they have the knowledge to repair their own vehicles, change their own oil like uh actually repair things in their own home like building and crafting tools but as far as the boy scouts go this is one of those things where it's like we have a problem eliminate the problem don't try to cover the problem up yep like, uh, as soon as you found out somebody was doing that shit you fucking out them yourselves you kick them the fuck out of there you fire their asses and you put them on front street like this whole like uh this whole like um, trying to protect certain people because whether you're whether you're afraid you're, it's going to fall back on you or you're going to get sued, you just made the whole thing worse. Especially if you know there's like a 
a predator within your ranks and the only thing you do is you move them to another troop you're basically spreading the fucking problem around so like um just like with the whole uh catholic vatican problem and their priests constantly molesting kids and shit like that yeah it's like uh fucking out them and get them the fuck out of there like uh or better yet uh change your like um change your stupid lulls so uh so priests can actually marry like I, as much as as much as everybody who's human want to believe that we're some sort of um that we're some sort of magnificent like creature above everything else like uh we crave we crave um social activity we crave hum- we crave touch from and things from other humans if you deny if you deny people that sort of thing they become fucking weirdo like uh like stop this shit <laughs> <laughs> let your let your let your priests marry people like uh and ones who and ones who um and ones who have an affinity for uh, underage children get them some mental help but more importantly get them the fuck away from the kids get their ass all the way out of there. and same thing with the boy scouts get them the fuck all the way out of there if you can actually survive yeah. this yeah, we don't know if it's going away or not, but um, I remember um, in one of the articles, I think it was from uh, USA Today, uh, they stated like they had uh, 275 lawsuits, which doesn't seem like a lot, but that's still a lot. <laughs> and they had uh, 1,400 uh, more claims waiting to be filed. So, yeah, yeah, they, they, they believe that it was like over 2,000. Which is yeah, yeah. yeah. They already like what? What are they up to? Like 150 million so far? <laughs> yeah, 150 million so far. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even know if doing the bankruptcy is going to stop them from being able to um, even pay for half of it. But it's 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 really sad, man. It's 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 really yeah. sad. Dog. <laughs> I know. When I first heard it, it was just so damn depressing. I'm like, really? But it, I don't know, man. It's just sad, you know. Kids shouldn't have to be forced to that that kind of stuff early, right? Because no, they shouldn't. Because what 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 happens is now when you do that stuff to them, you you, in some cases, in a lot of cases, you start making them into predators. Yeah, because they don't know. Yeah, boy. I was gonna say because they don't know how to process it. Yep. Oh man. It, yeah, it's worse when like they you normalize that sort of thing and they think that sort of shit is um they think that sort of shit is love. Yeah. So yeah. I'm... Yeah. All right, sir. Let's get <laughs> off of this and let's 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 um let's let's close it out with some goofiness. Mm. Now. I was going to do another Florida man story because, you know, there's 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 plenty of uh, things that happen in Florida. For those who are new, what we're going to do is uh, we're going to go into what we call uh, the wow, which is the uh, what the fuck of the week. Right. And we had some crazy ones. I mean, we've had some crazy ones. Right. But I, I, I think this one it's gonna be crazy. So is it's called Netflix and sit still. So uh, Iowa, Iowa authorities have kidnapped, have arrested 
a black man who kidnapped a white woman and uh, forced her for nine hours to sit down and watch the movie Roots so that she may understand what racism is. So let's read let's 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 read this. All right. Police in Cedar Rapids, Iowa arrested 52-year-old man Robert Lee Noy, affectionately known as the black guy in town, after Noy reportedly forced a woman to sit with him and watch the miniseries Roots, no relation to the outlet, which is the Roots is the outlet that's produced it. While police did not specify if Noy made the woman watch the 1977 original series or the 2016 remake, the criminal complaint does not does note that Noy's motive was to make his victim better understand her racism. But instead of threatening to give the woman a bad grade, Noy allegedly told the African-American history student to remain seated and watch the movie with him or he would kill her and spread her body, her body parts across Interstate 380 on the way to Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So so here we have basically a guy who wants to who kidnaps a person. I'm guessing she says something that pissed him off and maybe said something racist. So to better teach her what racism was, he kidnapped her and forced her to watch Roots. It's on YouTube, viewers. What's your thoughts? It's like this guy watched the um, the old Drop Squad movie and he just got the wrong idea. I'm like just completely fucking dumbfounded over how he thought this was a good idea. Yeah, I don't. If yeah, anything, like, oh. if anything, you probably you probably made her afraid, even more afraid of black people. Yeah, I think the quote was, uh, "She now understands why some white people are racist." <laughs> <laughs> it's like good job, buddy. Good fucking job. <laughs> oh my goodness, man. Uh, like what was running for your brain? <laughs> I have no clue, man. You gonna watch the roots? You gonna watch the roots? <laughs> oh my goodness! And I don't even know many. I don't even know many people who can watch the roots and then sit next to a white person. Usually, watching the roots is just something that enrages you. This guy's supposed to be a teacher, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> like, why did he just like? Why didn't he just flat out say like, "Hey, you sit down and you check out this movie, and we go over some things. I'll actually give you some extra credit." Like, you know, like something like like try to like uh you know the whole um catching flies with honey thing. Yeah. It's over vinegar. <laughs> Not. <laughs> You don't watch this bitch to realize about your racism. I'm gonna fucking kill you. That was a fucking good idea. Oh no. Oh, you're gonna sit there and watch this. Yeah. If you move, I'm gonna put your body parts all over Chicago. Yeah. And then it's over. Now, do you understand that racism? Imagine when the cops came after she called him. <laughs> I was only trying to teach her about racism. <laughs> <laughs> Dumb fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you lost your job. Uh, 
You done put another racist into the world because I'm pretty sure she hate black people now. <laughs> yes, she does. I'm sure she does. Uh, oh, God. Oh, my God. Dude, I understand that February is Black History Month, but this is not how you teach it, sir. Exactly. Oh, oh my God. That we... shit makes my stomach hurt. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does, dude. It does. Oh, my God. And this profile picture is funny because he's sitting there smiling, so happy and jovial. Oh, my God. I I hope that he uh, he he learned something from this. He probably did. Probably did. <laughs> As a matter of fact, something tells me he's probably done something this dumb before. <laughs> <laughs> She's probably the first one who actually called the cops and told her. Because, <laughs> I mean, you just don't get an idea like that. No, so, you don't. You don't yeah. just get the idea out of nowhere. Yeah, I agree. Oh, man. Mr. Two Beards, I want to say thank you, sir, for coming back. Episode 11, man. Hey. We, we, we knocked it out of the park. And... And for our wonderful crowd out there who want to talk to you, who 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 want you to come and kidnap them and teach them all about racism, <laughs> please tell them how they can reach you, sir. Yeah, you can reach me on uh, Twitter. Uh, you can type in Scorpio Reporter Bitsaki. Either one will uh, pull my name up, and you can find me on Instagram at uh, Bitsaki. Awesome! 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 I want to give a uh, special shout out to our listeners and to our listeners who consistently watch or listen to our podcast. I want to say thank you. It means the world to us, the world to us. And if you ever need to get a hold of me, you can reach me on Twitter um, at Arn Games, A-R-N-G-A-M-E-S. That's where we post all the updates to shoot the shit as well as other no content when we're streaming, uh, when the videos come out on our uh, streaming platforms and so forth. If you want to shoot the shit with me, so to say, you can reach me at Mobies, M-O-E-B-E-E-S. That's also on Twitter. That's uh, my personal one that we I use to repost things and, you know, just talk to whoever. So always feel free to drop me, you know, information. Let me know if you like it, you don't like it, what you want to see changed, topics that you may want to see us address, things of that nature. And as always, if you want to catch our streams, uh, you can always find us on Twitch and you can always find us on YouTube. And that's under uh, A-R-N-G-M. That's A-R-N as in Nancy, G-M as in Mary. Episode 11, sir. Next week, episode 12, sir. We keep going. And remember, folks, every every Friday, 10 p.m. Eastern time, we stream, come in, be part of the chat. And if you're listening now, remember to hit that uh, subscribe button to stay up to date for when we release new episodes of the podcast. And always, and the most important thing is, Share, share the podcast. If you enjoy it, share it with others. I don't care if you dislike it, still share it. There you go. There. Oh, I'll kidnap you. 
Who I'm kidnapping to make you listening to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, we'll play the podcast yeah. for nine hours, and that's why you should listen to the podcast. Hey, hey, people out there, kidnapping and threatening to kill somebody is not the way to combat racism. Don't do that shit. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, I will hope that people will have the sense to do that, but clearly. Clearly, as we can see, um, this gentleman here, Mr. Robert Noy, has no sense whatsoever. Looks like it. Oh, man. All right, sir. So I guess I will see you again next Friday. I don't think we have any guests lined up for next Friday. So I guess uh, March will we'll go back to seeing some more guests. And as stated before, if you want to be a guest on the show, please let us know. Send us a message. And do you want to close this out with our statement, sir? Our catchphrase? I messed it up. You knew it. Oh, my gosh, dude. <laughs> this is what I got to deal with, folks. Remember, shoot the shit, don't be shit. Peace out, everybody. <laughs> Peace. <laughs>